This is an AMI podcast. I'm Jyothi Gupta, and this is The Pulse. One in five Canadians lives with a disability. Underemployment or unemployment continue to be significant barriers for the disability community in Canada and around the world. Apart from the fact that many people with disabilities remain income insecure, there are a number of heightened costs associated with living with a disability. Ensuring that everyone, regardless of ability, enjoys a good standard of living with access to the basics of food, shelter, and healthcare, amongst others, is a hallmark of a just and fair society. Many ideas and proposals have been floated to address poverty within the disability community. But this is a social movement, which requires buy-in from everyone with or without a disability. Today, we discuss the Canada Disability Benefit. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joitha Gupta and my guest today is Rabia Kudar, who is the National Director for Disability Without Poverty. Of course, you might remember Rabia from a previous episode of The Pulse where we talked about disability and Islam, and I'm sure you can find that podcast on your favorite podcast platform. But today we're talking to Rabia about something completely different. So without further ado, let me welcome back Rabia Kudar to The Pulse. Hello and welcome. It's so nice to have you back. Great to be here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about Disability Without Poverty and also how you got involved. So Disability Without Poverty is essentially an, a coast-to-coast-to-coast movement, a grassroots movement of mobilizing and popularizing uh, the issue of disability, poverty, and how it needs to be addressed. I got connected to this movement uh, as a result of being invited to serve on uh, the minister's uh, disability advisory group that emerged just at the start of the pandemic. I met Al Admansky, who invited me to join some webinars, and I ended up hosting some of those in the fall to um, raise awareness and bring people with disabilities and allies together as a learning community through a series of webinars. And then when the Canada, when the one-time only payment finally came through for people with disabilities, after that, we actively organized because the Prime Minister in the fall of 2020 uh, mentioned his commitment to a Canada disability benefit. And we said, you know what? We need to really actively work as people with disabilities at the grassroots level across this country to lead a movement to make sure that the government does the right thing and brings forward a Canada disability benefit that truly lifts people out of poverty and gives people with disabilities a livable income. Lots to unpack there, but just as we get into talking about the Canada Disability Benefit, let's take a step back in the conversation. How much of a problem is poverty within the disability community in Canada? One in four Canadians with disabilities live in poverty. That's how big a problem it is. 
And when it comes to poverty stats, that's a big chunk of people uh, living in poverty who are actually living with a disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least 40 to 50% is possible. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what the root causes of the of this problem of poverty actually are. Is it that we haven't really made inroads when it comes to employment or are there other barriers that are preventing people with disabilities from accessing an adequate source of income? Well, again, uh, people with disabilities uh, who want to be employed are often unemployed or underemployed. So there's a disproportionate amount of people with disabilities who uh, do not have adequate employment to have, you know, appropriate income. Again, the social support net across this country uh, varies from region to region and provincial um, income supports for people with disabilities are just inadequate. They're not keeping up with the cost of living. For example, in Ontario, the maximum somebody on ODSP gets is $1,169. And if you live in any major city in Ontario, you know what rent costs are. And so let me ask you about that. If social assistance rates and social assistance programs are administered provincially, if those rates are so inadequate, might it not be better to focus on raising the rates of provincial social assistance programs rather than focusing on a Canada-wide disability benefit? What's the value to doing something federally rather than focusing on simply raising the rates provincially? Well, at the present time, there is no federal benefit for people with disabilities. The only thing really available is the uh, disability tax credit, and not everybody with a disability even uh, can benefit from that or qualifies for that. So there's there's a need for system-wide change. The federal government has a role to play in addressing poverty as a whole. Mm-hmm. And people with disabilities are a significant percentage of that population. There's a need again, to bring provinces on board. If provinces would do some reasonable increases, that would be great. What we're hoping is that this benefit, just like the benefit that government has introduced for seniors, you know, the guaranteed income supplement, just like government has introduced, you know, uh, the universal child benefit, right? The Mm -hmm. um, child tax uh, benefit that's been there, uh, that certainly substantially helps out families with children who have low income, right, or are living in Mm -hmm. poverty. So government has already set a precedent in helping certain groups that make up our population. And people with disabilities make up 22% of our population, are at least 40% of the people impacted by poverty. So it's time that federal government play a role and the Canada Disability Benefit is on the table. It's uh, something that the Prime Minister has committed to, that the Minister responsible for disability issues has committed to uh, pushing forward. And it's our job as a society to leave nobody behind, to make Mm -hmm. sure that we do address disability poverty now. So, yes, 
federal government has to do its part and they have to work with their provincial counterparts as well to make sure that people with disabilities have a livable income. We know that this was something really important when the pandemic first started. It was so important to Canada to make sure that working age Canadians got money right away so that our economy could keep going, right? So, so, mm-hmm. the, so the emergency benefit of $2,000 rolled out so quickly for every working age Canadian that was faced with hardship when it came to the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought up the pandemic because it could be argued that it's been a good thing and a bad thing, not that anything about the pandemic is necessarily a good thing, but has the pandemic slowed down the work that could have been done on a Canada disability benefit or has it lent a sense of urgency to it because it's highlighted the barriers faced by people with disability? What's your take? Well, I think the pandemic brought to surface to, you know, brought forward to the consciousness of more and more Canadians, the reality of the inequities in our society, and especially the inequities faced by people with disabilities and people with disabilities living in poverty. More and more people with disabilities were forced to access food banks because they just couldn't afford groceries and their barriers just got... Uh, more and more exacerbated and new barriers arose out of the pandemic. So there was a lot of, you know, difficulties during this pandemic and there have been opportunities out of this pandemic. And one of these opportunities is the government's commitment to bring forward a Canada disability benefit. Nobody was talking about a Canada disability benefit before 2020. I'm Juwita Gupta. And my guest today is Rabi Kadur, who is the National Director for Disability Without Poverty. We're talking about the Canada Disability Benefit. Rabia, you mentioned that this was a, a commitment made by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And of course, this was way back when in September, uh, September 2020. Since then, we've had an election and this pandemic has been ongoing. How much progress has really been made? How much closer are we to having this benefit as a tangible income support for Canadians with disabilities? Well, it's on the table. So just before the last term of government finished, uh, before the election last June, they tabled the bill. So Mm -hmm. there is an original bill. We're hoping that this bill will be reintroduced this spring and pass. So, you know, certainly uh, we know that there's opportunity to make this a reality. Also, the minister's mandate letter has stipulated that she is to uh, get the benefit implemented in her mandate. Uh, The Prime Minister on the International Day of Persons with Disabilities on December the 3rd, 2021, uh, reiterated his commitment uh, to the Canada Disability Benefit. And in last year's budget, they passed $11 million to conduct a three-year consultation process on the Canada Disability Benefit and uh, on the Disability Inclusion Action Plan. Mm -hmm. And the Disability Inclusion Action Plan consultations uh, are beginning. Uh, The disability community has 
organized. Uh, there are a number of organizations heading up that process, and they expect to complete that process within a year. Also, the government itself uh, has begun its own consultation specifically around the Canada Disability Benefit. Mm-hmm. So apart from taking part in all of these consultations, for and, and I bear in mind that Disability Without Poverty is a grassroots campaign. So what else can ordinary Canadians with disabilities do to hasten things a little bit and make sure that we see this benefit realized sooner rather than later? Well, this is exactly where we come in, Joetha. So the um, Disability Without Poverty began actively organizing last year. So we started with establishing our leader, grassroots leadership group of representatives across the country from diverse backgrounds with different disabilities and different socioeconomic uh, locations. We also began uh, consulting researchers to talk to us about the design of the benefit, you know, economists, academics, who government ordinarily consults. We commissioned them to work with us. Uh, voluntarily and and otherwise to help us package information that can uh, create a conversation on what the benefit should look like. And government consults these people ordinarily. So we mm-hmm. began with consulting them. We organized uh, sessions with artists with disabilities, with entertainers, uh, mm-hmm. in order to engage them in again, popularizing and mobilizing around disability poverty. Uh, We conducted uh, a consultation process with with people with disabilities through an e-democracy platform uh, facilitated by Othello. We also uh, conducted an Angus Reid survey and launched that report that, you know, basically said 89% of Canadians want to see an end to disability poverty and want to see a benefit fast-tracked. So we also launched an open letter signed by 200 prominent Canadians, like former Lieutenant Governor David C. Onley, Senator Art Eggleton, and amongst others, to call on the government to fast-track the benefit and to ensure that people with disabilities are involved from its design to its implementation. And as a result of that, we also launched an e-petition that we just closed last week that will be presented before Parliament. That e-petition received 17,874 signatures from Canadians, again calling on the government to fast-track this benefit, get money quickly into the accounts of people with disabilities living in poverty, and involve people with disabilities people with lived experience from design to implementation again and also reinforcing that we don't want provinces clawing back this money so Mm -hmm. how can people get involved sign up for our newsletter through our website disabilitywithoutpoverty.ca engage in the events that we have join us on social media talk about their lived experience, and particularly lived experience of fixed income, of living without adequate means. In some cases, there are people with disabilities who are living in such dire situations of poverty that they feel that medical assistance in dying is the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, And medical assistance in dying is not the solution. 
-hmm. The solution is the Canada Disability Benefit, a meaningful benefit that brings people with disabilities to a reasonable point of livable income. People with disabilities live well below the poverty line, and the disability poverty line is actually higher than the poverty line as we understand it, generally. Mm -hmm. How much of that has to do with the heightened costs of living with a disability? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, how much of the the poverty that people with disabilities face is owing to the fact that their income isn't enough to cover basic things like food and shelter? And, you know, and how much of that is a direct result of their disability and maybe costs associated with having a disability? Well, again, that varies from region to region, so I can't give you any specific numbers. Mm. And it varies depending on the type of disability people have. But generally speaking, you know, people with disabilities can't run from place to place to hunt bargains and save a few pennies, right? People with disabilities don't have every support they need covered by the system. Uh, Mm -hmm. People with disabilities who need pain medication on a daily basis to manage chronic pain to get through the day uh, can't afford to buy that pain medication. There's no, uh, because it's not a prescription medication, there's no support for it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's quite a ways away from putting an end to disability poverty. But earlier in our conversation, you did mention things like the universal child tax benefit, and of course, uh, the guaranteed income supplement for seniors, that's, you know, targeted to families with kids and to seniors. But based on some of the research and some of the consultation you've done, are there um, other jurisdictions, other countries, maybe, where something like the Canada disability benefit is already in place? And if so, then what sort of an impact has that had on poverty levels in those communities, on those countries for people with disabilities? Again, for us, I think we will be setting um, a, a real strong example if we bring people to a livable income in this country. So that's what we're striving for. Again, you know, there are different, there are always different things happening in different parts of the world, different conversations happening, but realizing the promise of the Canada Disability Benefit as quickly as we want to see it will certainly set us apart as a leader in addressing Mm. disability poverty. Do you know if Canada might be the first country in the world to have a targeted disability benefit uh, proposed nationwide? I think we might be. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about who you think might be eligible. And this is a a fraught question because I feel like there are questions within questions here. Uh, Would eligibility be determined based on those who get the disability tax credit? And we both know there have been robust conversations about the numbers of people who are left out of that. What about people who have an able-bodied spouse? Would they automatically lose eligibility if their partner is uh, working and has an income? How have we tried to resolve some of these questions? Again, you will find 12 principles on our website, disabilitywithoutpoverty.ca. We want this benefit to give people greater autonomy. Uh, We don't want this benefit tied to other family members or supports. Uh, We don't want it clawed back. We want the eligibility criteria to be streamlined and and as broad as possible to include as many people as disabilities 
as possible uh, and not be limited to the Canada Disability Benefits. So all these questions are questions that we're advocating to ensure don't create new barriers for people with disabilities. This is a new benefit. We don't want new or additional barriers to accessing it. So, and I'm sorry to, I hope I don't put you in an awkward position, but just the thought of calling the Canada Revenue Agency and trying to sort this out is giving me the, the heebie-jeebies, <laughs> you know, the long wait times and everything. Well, think, uh, who might, who might all, administer this? Well, I, I think that's, that's a really important question. We would like it to be administered away from the CRA as people with disabilities, you know, because, yes, that's a very rigorous process. Government will have to figure out how to process it. Um, I don't think we can, but what we can say is do not tie it to the um, to the disability tax credit. Please do not tie it to, to the disability tax credit because that's very constraining. And, and, you know, government has to figure out what its most efficient way of getting the funds out will be. We just have a few minutes left here, and I know there's a lot more ground we could have covered in this conversation. But let me just ask you, because I'm curious about this myself, and you have a front row seat to these conversations that I don't get to have. How hopeful are you really that this will come through? Do you, know, do you think we'll come back to, uh, you know, to, to talk to one another in maybe six months or a year, maybe to celebrate the fact that we have this? Or do you think we'll be having the exact same conversations 12 months down the road? I think six months from now, we can certainly have a conversation on how far we've progressed. This time next year, I'm hoping that we can have a conversation saying, hey, this is when it's going to reach people. Well, I'm hoping uh, that you're right, and I'd love to share your optimism. But just before we go, of course, we want everyone to remain plugged into the conversation. Of course, you can, they can listen to The Pulse, but I'd also like them to check out your website. Could you let us know what your website is again, and then we know we can wrap it up here. Our website is disabilitywithoutpoverty.ca, and we are also on all social media platforms, so people can find us in various places. Uh, people can email us at hello at disabilitypoverty.ca. Uh, sorry, hello at disabilitywithoutpoverty.ca. And, you know, just connect with us and, and join in the conversation, join in the mo movement. There is a momentum. We are going to make this happen. We have to rise out of this pandemic with an improved future. You know, we have to build forward better. We are not building back better. We are not going back. We're, go we're pushing ahead. Oh, that is so well said. Thank you very much for chatting with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Rabia Kadur is National Director for Disability Without Poverty. I hope you'll check out their website and remain plugged into this important campaign for people with disabilities. Of course, you can find our podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. While you're there, don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe. The technical producer for The Pulse is Nasreen Abdul-Majid. Andy Frank is the manager for AMI-audio, and Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend, and stay safe. This was an AMI podcast. 
For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.